what's with these homies dissing my girl? It is living in the past for May 1994. Uh, my co-host is, as always, Ben. I just got that. Hello. <laughs> You're a sharp one. <laughs> um, this is a podcast where we go through um, the 90s uh, uh, week by week. Uh, today we're, do- we're doing, um, yeah, as I said, May 1994. is uh, uh, Look, we're talking off mic about how I think most months are a good month, but Ben has this scale of, I uh, don't, don't know what, what was included on that scale, but he's like, meh, it's not that great a month. <laughs> also, the scale changes week to week and how I rate that scale um, okay. is completely, the, there's no registry to how I rate these things. Um, okay. And, you know, be it 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning or 9.34 on a Sunday morning, who knows where my mood will take me with this scale. But I can tell True. you, it was not a great month. <laughs> that seems like a a long a long walk <laughs> to a bad ending. Yeah. You could have just said it wasn't a great month. Oh, um, oh, we'll have long walks to bad endings. Just you wait. <laughs> oh, don't you even start. Okay, I know what that's about. Uh, but before we get into the nineties, uh, let's do living in the now. So if this is the first time you've listened to the podcast, this is a just a part at the start of a podcast where we sort of take a little break from the nineties um, and just to say what we're talking talk about and doing now, just the stuff that's happening these days. Um, to tell you the truth, a lot of my stuff has just been about doing stuff for the podcast. Um, I haven't watched a whole lot of stuff or done a whole lot of stuff. Um, it's been a week. I've actually had a pretty rough week at work, and um, most of my time has been coming home and watching uh, movies from the eighties. So this this week, I, I I've watched. Um, uh, the Great Outdoors with John Candy, uh, Commando with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, Tango and Cash with Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell because I'm just like, I basically go to stand and I go to that 80s section. I'm like, yep, whatever. Do you, Does it not feel weird that when you need to and should be watching films from 1994 to then go back and watch potentially worse films? Um, Sometimes if I haven't seen the movie before, like I just so I don't sometimes I need to be in the mood for like a, a a new movie, like something I haven't seen before. Like this morning, I got up like super early, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch something for like the podcast, and like I was right in the mood for it. But at night, when I'm very sleepy, I'm like, I just want like a I just want John Candy to tuck me up in a nice little uh, blankie and uh, send me off to sleep. Speaking of, we missed unfortunately. Uh, the death of John Candy in March 1994. I just realised uh, when I was going through the trivia of um, Great Outdoors the other oh. night. Um, yeah, he died um, while filming the, the the movie Wagons East, uh, which will be released, I think, uh, later this year. I think in August, September. Um, yeah, it's uh, like I can't tell you how big a part of my childhood John Candy was, and how yeah, it was just very shocking for him to, to leave so early, sort of thing. Um, so I've been going, I think tonight might be an Uncle Buck night. Um, I was just thinking about Uncle Buck yesterday. Yeah. Um, but was, uh, I've already introduced them to a few, like they watched The Great Outdoors the other day, um, which is, it's a great film if you've never seen it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, um, that also the same month, I also must, um, say that one of my favorite comedians of all time, Bill Hicks also passed away. Um, and we didn't, um, uh, didn't oh, sort of cover that. March uh, was not a good listened. time. Yeah, if you never if you never listen to Bill Hicks, he was like one of the sort of first, probably not the first, but like a cutting edge comedian. He was he was like someone who would um his routine wasn't just like sort of one liners and stuff like that. he would like delve into stuff. He was very big into the Waco thing, um, very big into legalizing marijuana, 
and lots of stuff. So um, very anti-gun, anti-fascist. So if you ever get a chance, um, yeah, a very, very funny comedian. If you um, watch that, him now, um, so I wasn't into him when I was younger. I came yeah. along a lot later. I never re- really would have considered him a comedian in like the general sense. Nah, he's more like a he's more like a, a funny uh, uh, TED talk. <laughs> like it's it's usually like you know it's usually railing against something. Um, yeah, I, I got into him at just the right time. Like he was always all over Comedy Channel um, on when I was watching it back in the day, and um, I loved him. I've got like everything they've ever released on CD from him, and um, and look. I'm not going to say that he was a saint. Like, there's some there's some bits in his act that have not aged well, mm. but um, yeah, like, but in the general sense, like, he's he's a he's he's definitely one of the ones that paved the way for a lot of other comedians. So, and one more thing that was missed in March this year, mm. I'm very disappointed. Uh, Godra for the Adelaide Crows, of course, kicked 13 goals in round one, and I did not mention it. Ah, uh, uh, so we're both should have researched. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Um, have you watched anything or you gone on any ghost tours or anything like that? But um like uh I can mash those two together until I finally watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. Do you like it? I did. Um I don't see the hate for it. I think it was a very, very nice movie. I I, I watched I watched half of it with my family, then I watched it again recently and it's actually yeah, quite pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um I don't wanna spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it, even though it's been out for like a year. Um but I did mm. cry. Um, yeah. it, it's very, very different though. So I get why people like it's not just ghosts in a city yeah. destroying it. It's it's but like film yeah, has like changed it. too. You can't do a, you can't make the Ghostbusters from the eighties now. Like it's just yeah. No, uh, um, I don't know. I liked I liked Phoebe. Paul Rudd's great, obviously. Yeah, can't do anything wrong. Um, and Finn Finn Wolfhard's yeah yeah he's good yeah he's all right. Um, and then. The, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was it was ghosty. There was adventure. It, it made me cry. What, I don't know. What more do you want? Oh, and also, I finally saw everything everywhere all at once and loved it. So, um, did it freak you out how um the guy's voice has not changed since he was eight years old? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is pretty. And like, apparently, that was his first film in like ages. His years, like he he. He's just finally getting back into it now. I think he's going to get a bunch of roles now, which is duly deserved to him. So yeah. if you've never seen everything, everything over all at once, and you're like, too many people like it, and I think I'm going to hate it. No, it's actually a really good film. Um, and um, I wasn't, in, I wasn't uh, ready for the emotional impact of it. I didn't, didn't realize that, and I found it. I found myself crying uh, a few times yeah. during it. So, um, uh, and I've heard it's also even better on a second watch. So I reckon I might even. Um, Spring for the Blu-ray on that one because I reckon there'll be like some good good features on that. But let's get back into the nineties because uh, there's a there's a whole lot of May to get into. So let's do it. All right. So uh, just a couple of things to cap off the events for May nineteen ninety four. They opened the England and France uh, Channel, like the Channel. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, the two countries that seem to hate each other the most can get to each other very quickly. So, or good for them. And um, for, for no apparent reason, like I lived in England for a while and I don't know why they hated the French or why the French hated them, but they seem to. I can see why the French hated the English. I can see why a lot of people hate the English. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and I can also see why people hate the French too. Um, scum. Subhuman scum. If we're going to look, look at history. Um, 
we had Bobcat Goldthwait. Um, this is like this is a very sort of weird thing, but like I just meant, I, I was looking through some stuff that happened in '94. So he was a guest on um, uh, Jay Leno, and uh, he decided to um, set fire to Jay Leno's couch <laughs> just for the hell of it. And um, yeah, if you get, I'll, I'll try and put the footage up. It's it's quite a thing. Um, he was then also like told that he's not allowed to come back, and he had to pay for the couch and damages and stuff like that too. So that's such a. I would probably want to do the same thing if I was on Leno's show, just to make hey, sure that you, he hey, can't wait, come back. Wait, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? You in the police academy? Yeah. You in the police academy? I'm gonna set fire to your couch. <laughs> that is. I thought that was a made up name. And. Uh, just, just want to say, like, in a technical thing, uh, there is some rain happening on both our ends, um, and, you know, so might, you might hear some uh, blissful sounds. But, you know, hey, it can't always rain. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Going on the events. Um, we had Nelson Mandela was elected and sworn in as the South Africa's first black president, which is amazing. Um, this was after, um, as we covered in April... I think April, or, yeah, no, it was April. Um, it was the first um, multicultural uh, voting, like so. Um, both white and black people were allowed to vote, and um, yeah, Nelson Mandela was elected. Um, definitely a big foot step forward uh, for that country. We had uh, John May Gacy was executed uh, <laughs> um, on May yeah, 9th. I guess. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure where I. Well, I, actually, I know where I stand with um, execution. I don't really believe in it. I don't think eye for an eye is like. You know, but then also, I'm not the. I'm not the. I've never had a family member be murdered by someone. So, like, you know, I can't can't say can't speak for how they would feel. Also, you know, society paying for this person to stay alive. Yeah. But then they also yeah. paid. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So May 9th, he uh, had his last meal, which was a bucket of KFC, a dozen fried shrimp, French fries, s- strawberries, and a Diet Coke. I like how he put a Diet Coke in there. Man, like, you'd feel I don't so want to get fat. <laughs> yeah, give me a Diet Cat. There was a couple of um, problems with um, apparently the uh, the poison going through the tube in the IV got clogged. Um, so Probably clogged with all... <laughs> Probably with chaos. Greasy just put into his body. <laughs> they put it on suck instead of blow, and it's just like, <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's just pure cholesterol. Um, this guy ate a lot of pork. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, but yeah, so he was, um, and then he was pronounced dead. Um, he and like the uh, uh, prosecutor from the trial said he got a much easier death than any of his victims, which is um, definitely. His last words were, kiss my ass. So that's nice. Pearl Jam filed their complaint against Ticketmaster. So like um, just in regards to like ticket prices and just the monetization and monopoly of like, you know, all the, the venues. So they would go on their tour for Vitology um, in alternative venues, which was um, pretty pretty full on for them because they like they had sort of sort out their own security. They had to sort out their own tickets and lots of stuff. So it, it was, I wouldn't say ultimately a fruitless effort, but like it was, it was definitely a good stand for a major act to take against um, a ticket company. And if and if others had joined like... in, it might have gone somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like like Neil Young recently leaving Spotify, and you think a lot of his friends and other bands are going to follow suit and you know actually make a difference, uh, but no. Yeah, no. Then the Eagles no, come they... out. <laughs> well, the Eagles, you say? Yes. The Eagles uh, reformed in 1994, and this ties in perfectly to that story. Uh, this is the first time since 1980 they reformed, 
and they went on a tour and they charged $100 a ticket, which back then was like unheard of. Unheard of. There's a, I don't know whether you've seen on um, Instagram or YouTube, there's a, there's a clip, around, clip around um of uh, Kurt Cobain being interviewed and it's like, I think it's like, um they might be on ad break and the the presenter says like, oh, Madonna's selling tickets $35 and Kurt basically like goes $35. Like he got yeah. freaked out by that. Yep. And I think he's like, you know, they, they charge like five, they were charging like five or $10 to go see them sort of thing. Um, and then like the Eagles come out and this, I mean, I would say this is like the start of that huge, we can charge what we want because we know the rich people will pay it because it's like an event to go to. And then that's going to drip down to like how much, we, how much we charge just in general for other acts. Yeah. Like I think bands like the Eagles just should have stayed gone. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen their doco where they just hate each other? No. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's horrible because you have to sit through a lot of eagles. But man, like I've never seen a band, and I can't I can't imagine how they were reformed because they hate each other so much. It was amazing. Well, I mean, if you're charging hundred dollars a ticket and uh, play a handful <laughs> yeah. of shows, yeah. Um, now I wanted to uh, a couple of um, Australian stories. I'll start off with the most upsetting one. So, um, have you ever seen, heard of a incident called the Pinkember Six? I have not. Okay. So, um, on May 1994, three Aboriginal boys were placed into separate police vehicles by six officers and then driven. They were about 12, 13, 14. They were then driven to um, uh, a 12, uh, the suburb of Pakemba in um, Brisbane, which is like, it's, it's kind of like an um, industrial suburb. It would be like Wingfield okay, here, but yep. it's, like tw- it's like 12 k's out of the city. And these, these kids lived in the city. And they uh, they told the one of the boys that they were going to throw him off the bridge. Oh. Um, and then uh, they told a lot, they started shaking them, and they basically just did it because they could. They basically just took these kids out of the city, uh, took them out, left them somewhere, then and then and then left them to to, to walk back home. Um, and it was just like a ridiculously disgusting incident. There's there's actually been things happening this year. A couple of ABC reports you can read. Um, because the victims are starting to speak out. Now, I have to say that there is no absolute hard evidence proof that this person was involved, but there is a strong rumor that Peter Dutton was one of the officers involved in this incident. And that's why it's coming around again now? Uh, it was happening before the election, so there's like okay. a couple of um, there's a report from November last year, and I think there's one from like January this year. I mean, I hope at some point the truth comes out, and like even if it's not Peter Dunn, but like you know the other the other officers involved get like because they basically got a slap on the wrist, and they were just dealt with internally. And he's obviously doing an amazing job now at trying to reconcile that by removing flags um, when he speaks. Yeah, okay, if you want to look into it more. Um, ABC News has done like a lot of. Um, there's a huge article on that. It's really, really good. Um, there's actually a six-part uh, podcast oh. called "The Thin Black Line," which um, I think it, I, I haven't listened to all the episodes, but um, yeah, if you get a chance, um, very, very good to listen to. And oh, well, not not good, but like informative. So um, yeah, that um, that happened. So maybe watch this space <laughs> for um, yeah. Yeah, things come through. Um, another thing that happened was uh, Alexander Downer became the 
leader of the Liberal Party. So they unexpectedly lost in 1993 to Paul Keating, so Labor was in power. He replaced John Hewson because the Liberal Party basically hated John Hewson. Um, I just want to give you a couple of... Um, just, he was not in, in power for very long. He was not well-liked. He's still not well-liked. <laughs> but in the space of the short space of time that he was the, uh, the Liberal Party leader, he did a few things. Um, he spoke at a uh, rally of um, what was called the Australian League of Rights, which is an anti-Semitic political organisation. Wow. Oh, and you know what? It was founded in Adelaide. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Who says nothing happens in our little city? Mm. Um, they, 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 it started as an anti-communism party, but like as a lot of those sort of things come, it's like you know the true colours come out and it's like, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if they're really around much anymore. I'm assuming there's like, you know, there's new... It's basically like One Nation in a, in a way. Yeah, um, there's been a bunch of uh, liberals tied to it, um, Peter Costello being one of them too. Um, so that was the first the, the first little black mark on his record. The uh, next thing that he did is like he expressed an interest in repealing the Mabo legislation. That's not so, a good vibe. No, he's like, you know that thing that like, you know we really worked for that even people in my party have worked for and all that stuff. Yeah. Let's get rid of that because you know, Aboriginal people. Um, yeah. If he was, and he said that if he was elected, um, he would actually start like taking that apart. What is wrong with people? There's a, <laughs> there's also an incident where <laughs> Alexander Downer afforded, uh, 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 attended a formal dinner while promoting the liberal slogan, the things that matter in a friend in, in reference to abusing husbands uh, down equipped that the party's domestic violence policy would be should be um, should be named the things that batter. Wow. Hold for laughs. No, nope. Not, okay. a, not a good time for pun. <laughs> I mean, I respect the yeah. pun. It's nice wordplay, but uh, no. Yeah. Um, so uh, even people in his own party said that you're a fucking idiot. Um, you need to leave, and that um, he would. I think. Um, yeah, early '95, or I think he was he was um, kicked out. Yeah, he's um, still around. I watched him on Q and A last week. Yeah, yeah. All these people just they have like their their hooks in. Um, it's like Mark Latham. Mark Latham should be like just cast into the ocean, um, and then, like everyone's like, no, nah, no, nah, let's 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 give him a, let's give him a mantle to speak it's on. It's like there's not enough other people wanting to come through as politicians. I don't understand. Yeah. Um. So he he would eventually eventually get replaced by John Howard, um, and uh, yeah, uh, so ends the ballad of Alexander Downer um, as the short term Liberal leader. Um, a truly in this one's in this month's nineties true piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I must start a, must start a new uh, a new segment. <laughs> End on a good note. End on a good note. Yeah. Nope. Got nothing. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, without further ado, let's go to sport. Um, I don't have a whole lot of good notes either. So, uh, I'll I'll end on on a funner one, maybe. Um, yeah. So let's, let's start with the with the with the. I was actually going to cover it in the events, but um, let's 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 cover it now. So. The legendary Ayrton Senna died in an accident, um, but yeah. also not very well covered, um, but happened the same weekend. A driver called Roland Ratzenberger oh. died that same weekend in 
qualifying, I believe. Um, the same Grand Prix? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, San Marino, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, not a good time. Um, I, I won't go into the, the details of it because I've read this article um, from... It was quite a, quite a horrific cat crash from what I read. It was like... Yeah. yeah. Um, it's both of them as well to read like what happened to both of them, what, you know, their final moments um, mm. is is quite upsetting. So I won't go into mm. it. But yeah, two race car drivers, horrible accidents, potentially could have been avoided. Um, but the, I'm not sure about the Roland one, but the Anton one, his little black box uh, is gone. Right. So someone ran in, took it, and was <laughs> never seen again. Mm. Um, mm. And no one's really... Mm claimed as to what exactly happened how it happened if it could have been it's presented just, isn't it weird that like people never just like follow up on that like it's like oh if i just leave it for like three months people won't ask any questions like yeah it just seems weird that like i mean i like if i if i lost uh i don't know if i lost like 20 bucks i'd be like sort of you know <laughs> maybe after three months i'm like oh that's fine but this is like a person's life it's like a, a key piece of evidence and it's like uh, yeah, that was just, you know, that happened ages ago. Let's just move on. It's like, fucking hell. I would say there was a lot of people that didn't want to move on. Um, but his, the hierarchy and probably his team and the management and the people with all the money were like, no, 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 no. We're... Well, he was Ferrari, Ferrari, yeah? Uh, yeah, at the time. Yeah. So, like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they don't want any sort of blood on their hands. So, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I guess no one does in that sort of industry. It's not a, a good look. No. Um, on to equally sad news. No, no, that's not <laughs> right. Um, on to personally disappointing news. Yeah. The Nuggets became the first team ever to beat the number one seed as the number eight seed. Who was the number one seed? The Seattle Supersonics. <laughs> I knew, but I just wanted you to say it. <laughs> round, round one of the playoffs were knocked out. You got dekembied. Ah. <sighs> And this this is the non-Jordan years. This is when you got to cash in. You disappointed? And, and they buckled like a belt. You disappointed? How would you how would how would you say that if you're disappointed? Uh, I would think it and I would look it with an expressive look. Um, and if that wasn't working, I would yell it out. Disappointed! <laughs> All right. Um, more more scores. AC Milan nice. won their second Champions League, beating Barcelona 4-0. Ooh. Yeah. And Barcelona had, like, a really good team those years. I mean, Barcelona <laughs> they had, always. They had, uh, they had half the Dutch team in their team. <laughs> oh, those Remember the they had, like, Bergkamp? Is that Bergkamp and, like... Um, no, Bergkamp yeah, like, was three... Arsenal still. But they had... I think they had the Van Broncos brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they had a couple other Dutch people. It was just like, oh, let's just, like, move them into the team. It's fine. Yeah, that's what I did when I was on Football Manager Games. Like, let's just try up <laughs> half the national team because they're good. Um, Man United uh, also smashed Chelsea 4-0 in the FA Cup. Nice. Dundee beat Rangers in the Scottish Cup. How about Dundee? that? Dundee. Dundee. Oh, man. Yeah. Little Dundee. Good on them. Um, and my last, my fun news was the Toronto Raptors selected <laughs> and unveiled their logo. Ah, oh, those are good times, huh? Nice. 
I think that's this is when like that's probably how... when I almost jumped off the Sonics because they lost when they should have won. How insane was it? Like someone said, like you know what's hot right now, <laughs> and will always be hot. Raptors, Velociraptors. They're Let's not make them And it's like, hey, if Eisner can make a Ducks team. <laughs> Week. I'm oh, sorry, if you're in struggle. Hey, if Eisner can make a ducks team, we can do Raptors. They stole our ducks from us. <laughs> What's Canada known for, guys? Dinosaurs, eh? Dinosaurs. <laughs> sorry, Canada. Oh man, I love you. Oh, we do love you. We love you so much. Um, but I mean, you got it, any curling it, for me? Uh, no curling this month. But... Jesus Christ! What do I pay for? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Speaking of, yeah, if you'd like no, to sponsor I, I, the show, um, yeah, a sure. shout out to For Goodness Snacks, Roast Chicken <laughs> Um I, uh, yeah, I, I remember the, the Raptors coming through and it was just like, um, I know a lot of people thought it was very silly and, and still do. Um, but, you know, I like the fact that there was a Canadian team in there. Um, you know what's silly is, that- is I didn't used to know that the Denver Nuggets was based on gold. Do you think it was chicken nuggets? <laughs> what other kind of nuggets are there? That's amazing. <laughs> it's like the whole team who had my favorite dinner. <laughs> it's amazing. Drinking, they eat nuggets after. after if each only game. there was Milwaukee no, hot son, chips, they would die. <laughs> <gasps> now I'm then, just thinking of other teams that you could have mixed Denver up with chicken nuggets, <laughs> Milwaukee Denver hot chicken chips, nuggets. Manitoba bread. They are my three favorites. San Antonio sauce. Chicago ketchup. Yeah. yeah. Bring them all together. Oh. Actually, I think that's my dinner tonight. Do you do, when you make, when you, you're cooking up some nuggets, um, what I used to do was that you get a few of them cooked up and then I'd have a couple of pieces, couple of, pieces of bread and then you cut the bread in half and make like tiny little sandwiches. Is that what why, you do? Why would you cut the bread in half? Uh, I don't know. I was like... Wait, you put nuggets in, in bread? Yeah. Oh, why have I never done that before? It's really good. I always put like hot chips in bread, obviously. Nuggets, man. Hey, nuggets. My school, um, one of my... my <laughs> you know, probably the reason that I'm going to have like uh, some sort of health trouble in later life um, is uh, they used to do these chicken nugget rolls where it's like you'd have like this um, uh, uh, sesame seed long hoagie types of a roll with five nuggets in it and sauce in it and that would be like on the on the yeah because it was menu. cheaper than getting like one chicken fillet or like a chicken snitzel. i think it was like five i think it was still like four or five bucks that's but a, yeah that's a lot of chicken nugget roll yeah i know um but yeah chicken chicken nugget bread um you've heard it here first it's a yeah it's a thing and it's good um you'll also um, hear you got- it here first if you can get any uh audi's plant-free nuggets <laughs> Uh, oh, send them on through because they are absolute gold dust at the moment. Um, yes. Yeah, P.O. Box, uh, Ben's House, <laughs> Corn Puffs, and I think you know. Audi Plant Free Nuggets. <laughs> basically, just give me all the sodium you've got. <laughs> it's better than sugar, right? Come on. Uh, okay, sure. Um, what, what, else, what else have we got? In the sports tree. Oh, we don't. Um, May is not a good sporting month. Come back in June when it it all kicks off. Okay, cool. I it think. all kicks I don't know. Oh, I literally. Yes. Ah, I get you. Oh, yeah, that bit. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, let's go on to film. Okay, so uh, uh, it was a month. Um, <laughs> we had three ninjas kick back. Stephen King's The Stand, which probably would have been on TV, right? It was like a, it's like a miniseries. I but, hope not. Um, it, it, yeah. um, Crooklyn, even Cowgirls Get the Blues, Maverick, Flintstones, Belly Horse Got Three, uh, Baraka, and um, The Crow. So, what did you watch? Um, I watched a lot of mistakes. Is what I watched. <laughs> I I wanted to watch Crooklyn because that's a um, that was a Spike Lee film, but I just didn't get around to doing it. I think I still might watch it sometime, so I can if it's good, I might include it in my my end of year top list because I've I've got a soft spot a soft spot for Spike. <laughs> <laughs> it's my vocal exercises now. <laughs> Soft spot for Spike. Um, um, I I watched four of these, uh, but I also went looking for a couple more that weren't listed. Ooh, because the website you? I used to... You're going rogue. I didn't actually watch them because you can't find them anywhere. But it was okay. Fatal Justice and Witchcraft 666, The Devil's Mistress. <laughs> I saw the Witchcraft 666, <laughs> The Devil's Mistress, and I was like... I can't find it anywhere, but man, do I want to. Oh, same. I found someone on YouTube talking about it for 20 minutes with like little clips. It was like it was like a straight-to-video thing. Of course it, it was. Like it, wasn't, it was semi-erotic. Can you imagine, can you imagine that? You've got like <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop 3, The Crow, and Witch, <laughs> Witch Master 666. It's like, what do you want to watch tonight, honey? <laughs> All of them in that order. Um, so let's go. Okay, so uh, let's talk about Belly Hills Cop 3. Hello, my name's Axel Foley. I'm looking for. Hello, welcome to the Beverly Hills Police Department. To continue this message in English, press one pound. If you have homeless people on your lawn, press two star. So, what brings you to California, Axel? Vacation? I'm looking for a killer. One, please. We got some evidence that points to one in the world. Thank you. Thank you. You mean Rufus Rabbit has gone berserk? You got yourself in the middle of a federal investigation. That guy killed a police officer. He killed a friend of mine. You just keep him out of my face and out of my park. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a tremendous surprise for Mr. DeWall to have me standing right next to him right now. You know, right now I can feel his body tingling. Bring that man down. Code red on the spider. Hold on tight. Oh, I can't. Axel. Hey, hey, hey. Officers, I want this man arrested. Because um, that seems to be something that, like, you know, uh, did you rewatch it? Because I know that you did the three of them pretty recently. Yeah, so I didn't rewatch it again now, but it was not too long ago that I saw it. I rewatched it and I had, I kind of had it on the, like, I was doing um, uh, some other work and I sort of had it in the background. Because, again, like, I, I did the three of them not that long ago either. It's it is such a um, homogenized version of what Beverly Hills Cop used to be. Like it's just um, for me. Like I know I, I saw you got it. You gave it three stars on Letterboxd, which I find is insane. But like that was a long time ago. Um, um, my, it's my star like, ratings were iffy in the beginning. It's it's all. Oh, see, I'm getting the rain now that you are. Um, so it's just really, really. Uh, like yeah, it's like a a, a diet Dumb. version of of the first two because it's just um, apparently Eddie Murphy came in and said like I want less jokes I want this to be like more of a serious film he had John Landis um, direct it which I find hilarious because apparently him and Landis had like a lot of issues with each other um, 
if you want to look into the incident where Eddie Murphy had John Landis um, by the throat on the set of Coming to America, Uh, (laughs) it's a a good time for all. Um, But yeah, like from the start, like, you know, you've got, um, they they raid this this chop shop. Um, And and it's like the tone's all off. So like it starts off like they're doing this really serious raid and then you go into the chop shop and like all like the the um guys you know working on cars start doing this musical number to like a soul song and they're like dancing and it's like oh look at these out of place guys they're all rough and but they're like singing to this like 1960s soul song it's like what am i watching (laughs) like i don't get what i'm watching here um we got judge reinhold back um the other one didn't didn't come back we had um serge (laughs) came back um, we had uh, Teresa Randall. Uh, Teresa Randall come uh, come in as Janice. Um, she was in a lot. She was in. Um, I think she was in Boomerang um, from a couple of years ago. Um, and we also have um, Hector Elizondo, who I think is our new. You know how that that guy from uh, Terminator Two a while back was seems to be like in every like the guy that plays John Connor's foster dad. Oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. He seemed to crop up like in every single yep. movie. Like after that, Hector Elizondo is our new one of that one because he mm-hmm. like. He's just like I've already watched a couple of movies from '94, which which he's into. It's like it's a big year for for Hector. <laughs> but let's talk about the main. Let's talk about the main thing. Um, let's talk about George Lucas's cameo <laughs> because that that deserves to be talked about. <laughs> um, if you've never seen it, or if you've like, if you blinked and missed it, um, there's a bit where uh, there's like a merry-go, like a a, um, a ride that um, uh, Eddie Murphy's trying to get onto, and he pushes past a couple. And it is, uh, is George Lucas and his daughter. Yeah, and, he, and uh, George Lucas just goes, hey. <laughs> I wonder how many times they did that. <laughs> uh, I'm a one take George. I'll do it one time and then I'm, I'm off the set. Okay. Okay. Probably. Okay. Probably. Uh, yeah. So he, he, he basically just says, hey, and then like does like a, a disappointed shake of the head. And then you realize like, oh, <laughs> that's where Mark Hamill got his uh, acting coach in New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> What's an acting coach? Um, <laughs> said Mark Hamill. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's um, uh, and you basically find out that yeah, there's um, this I I can't even really work out the plot of this movie. It's, it's got something to do with like a dis. It's 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 a Disney World ripoff, and they couldn't afford Disney World. Um, so it's like, it's called like Wonder World, I think. And yeah. um, but I'm pretty sure they used a lot of Disney Worlds, <laughs> like. Um, interiors and all that stuff. Well, use some sort of things like in the interiors and stuff. So yeah. I don't know. I'm guessing, thinking back now, it was much of a nostalgia thing for me because I didn't watch the first two a lot growing up, but the third one yep. I did. Um, and it was obviously Eddie Murphy said he didn't want it to be fun, but it felt like a fun movie as a kid because it wasn't just this all-out wild action film. There was a bit more goofiness to it. Yeah, it was in like a it was basically in Disneyland, so yeah, that's fun. Yeah, the whole the whole overarching thing is like there's a there's a counterfeiting ring, which is a big thing in the nineties. That's another thing is like yeah, because we had um that in wasn't uh, cliffhanger kind of a, like a sort of a counterfeiting thing and I think so. Yeah, or someone's doing money, and then like so this um and then but the, he's like uh, Axel's there because he's they murdered his boss in the chop shop, and uh, yeah, they um he's on for revenge on them, but it's it's a really weirdly badly put together movie like watching it now i'm sure like yeah i'm sure on, on tv back in the 90s i was like yeah axel Ackman. um but yeah it's um 
it, it does not stand the test of time. So uh, going on from that, um, what else did you watch, sorry? Uh, I watched The Flintstones because you told me to. Okay, let's talk about The Flintstones. I don't want to. <laughs> You are about to embark on an extraordinary journey, a voyage to the very dawn of civilization, to a place called Bedrock. Hey, the cave vacuum forecast for tonight calls for light seismic activity and a 20% chance of meteor showers. In human society as we know it, was born. It was home to modern Stone Age man. Home. To the Flintstones. This summer, from Universal Pictures and Amblin Entertainment. Why? No, not not why, not 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 why do 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 you want? Oh. I'm, why do they make this movie? I don't know. Like, is... I, it was just constantly ruined by the occasional impersonations of the cartoon characters. Yeah, and just like the overarching like um, misogyny, yeah. <laughs> which is like what we what we came to be like. That's okay with when watching it on um, cartoons. It's like cartoons are fine, um, but like in 1994, like who was like going? We really need. Apparently, it was all based on the fact that um. John Goodman would be Fred Flintstone. Apparently, even Steven Spielberg came up, to, walked up to him on a set of another movie, and said, "You're going to be my Fred Flintstone." I can't believe Spielberg did. Th- Sorry, I can't believe <laughs> Spielrock did this. <laughs> Spielrock. Um, so I have to. Um, I have to say. So I started watching this with my kids, and they left. They're like, "We're out." <laughs> um, nice choice. Um, and uh, they. <laughs> So they came, they were watching it, and um, so at the start of the movie, uh, it kind of does the same as the cartoon TV show, which is a series, so I, like, but like, like, so what, um, they're all getting, he gets off work, like, Fred Flintstone gets off work, and he goes home to Wilmer and stuff, and then they go in their car to the movie theatre, but then, like, my, my younger son's like, wait. Because then, then it goes into the actual movie, which is like the Flintstones movie, and like <laughs> my son's like, they're watching themselves. What? This is stupid. I'm like, yes, son, it is. <laughs> no, they went and saw Tar Wars at the drive. Tar Wars, and then it just it's badly edited. It makes it you feel like they're about to watch the film of their life. Yeah, yeah, it's like you Not know, well put they, together. They, so, um. We've got uh, John Goodman as Flood from the Stone, Rick Moranis. I think Rick Moranis is probably like the best thing about this movie. Um, Elizabeth Perkins, uh, one of my favourites from the 90s. Rosie O'Donnell, I think, a little bit miscast as Betty. Um, Kyle MacLachlan is the best thing about this movie too. <laughs> Kyle MacLachlan is fucking hilarious in this movie. He basically got told, I'm pretty sure he's like, they're like, Kyle, you just do whatever the fuck you want to do and we're fine with that. And he's like, all right, cool. I'll be like the best bad guy in a cartoon movie ever. Or a cartoon-based movie ever. He is pretty um, good. He's not annoyingly over the top for a children's bad guy, which is he's nice. pretty um, and he's pretty like I just like the sarcastic and like little sort of like little subtle jabs he takes at people, and it's like is that like I have to admit a couple of his lines I generally snick it at. It's <laughs> like that's a pretty funny Gross. joke. Um, Halle Berry's in it. Um, for 
for some reason. Um, uh, and Elizabeth Taylor making her first <laughs> making her first appearance in a film for years says like, yeah, I'll do it in this film. Um, That's the ongoing question for everything that happens in this film. Everything about it being made. Just why? Yeah, no, it's um. And did it get remastered or something? Because some of the dinosaur scenes, I'm like, this looks really good for '94. Has someone polished this recently? I think. I mean, for a forty-six million dollar budget, I think it looked pretty good. Because, like, for yeah, I was. I, it, it looks like it's been some of the Dino scenes. I think looked a little bit better than what they would have been. Maybe, like, yeah. maybe it has been remastered for DVD, um, or like for like re-release. Um, it made three hundred and forty-two million worldwide. That's horrible. And I never watched. I I can tell you right this. I never went and watched this in the cinema. Like it was. I was like. I think I was. You know. I was twelve at this time. So I'm like, yeah, I want to watch this. Um, and Dad was certainly not going to take me. I don't think I've ever seen um, it. I've maybe seen it in parts, but I've never sat and watched the whole thing. Which is going to harm. Obviously, there's no nostalgia. There's no sentimental value with this film. But that makes yep. me very happy because if I was connected with this film on any emotional level. I would be taking it up with my therapist because it's atrocious <laughs> every single way. Let's like, read the opening question for all therapy sessions. Like, have you ever seen the Flintstones from 1994? Yes, that's your problem. Let's let's wipe this from your memory. <laughs> when reading a few things, I, I I don't I don't doubt that some of the 342 million there was a bit of a tie-in with McDonald's. Well, not a little. There's a, a huge tie-in with McDonald's for this movie, and I oh. think like that probably would have helped it quite a lot. Um, you'll have to wait to. A, Till 2000 though for the Flintstones, Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas um, I can't believe that t- they took them till t- 2000 to make that that is ridiculous like six years later it's back. like I know it made a lot of money but why would you and it's back? a prequel they're like oh let's do it without the kids <laughs> I'm assuming it's before like Pebbles comes along um, let's 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 wipe the slate ha 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 because um, he works in the Slayton guy. Okay. Although, having said that, just quickly, like the sets and the design and the cars and the houses. It looked like, amazing. It was all very, very cool. I wanted to walk through it all. Yeah. It's like if you wanted to like a, a live in um, bedrock, it's like, it's awesome. But like, why do you have a TV and you don't have a car motor? <sighs> These are questions. Because they, they, they didn't have a small enough dinosaur to do that. <laughs> that a radio in the car. <laughs> Oh, what's with the music in that movie too? It's just like, and this, okay, this is my thing about like a lot of 90s kids' movies. Um, it comes up again next month in um, Getting Even with Dad. There's this big focus that all kids those days were into 50s and 60s, like soul and rock and roll music. Like, there's always like an old, and it's like, I'm assuming because they can't afford like the, the present day stuff. But like, in this movie, they had the B52s, but like, I mean, I forgot about that. So, some would say like beyond their prime. Mm-hmm. Um, but like all the songs on the radio, are like, you know, from the fifties, it's like they wanted to make this movie back in like when they could, but it's just not. Or was it made by people of that generation who are like, this is what good music sounds like. Everything current is garbage. Let's make kids like what we like. Or did they see the, uh, the, the horror that was, um, MC Hammer's Hammer's family <laughs> rap. And they're like, you know what? Maybe we don't put current music in here. <laughs> maybe, we, mm-hmm. maybe we just like, don't do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. There seems to be like a lot of focus on like, yeah. Um, we'll get into that when, uh, next month. But um, tell me about Maverick. 
Because um, I didn't watch it. It was taken off of Netflix, and I'm like, I'm not paying for a Mel Gibson movie. Yeah, it's not very good. Um, so is it a it's a cowboy movie? Yeah, so... Well, kind of. Uh, What's-His-Face is a gambler. Um, Jodie Foster is also a gambler. I think it... I'm pretty sure it turns out to be his dad. It's James... Garman? Oh, um... What? Not James Garman. Is it James Garman? No. James Garner. 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 It's close. Yeah. Shampoo. Whatever. Um, <clears throat> turns God, out to yeah. be his dad. But... <laughs> He's a watch or a shampoo. I don't know. Um, James Gunny and Fructus. That's what... <laughs> uh, but the highlight of the film, other than the donkey, there's a donkey in it that he rides because uh, nice. he sells his horse. Or he, No, his horse gets stolen and he finds a donkey. I don't know. Wasn't paying a lot of attention. I liked this film as a child, probably because I liked Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon. There's a scene where Mel Gibson goes to this bank to get the money that the bank owes him, and then Danny Glover comes in and robs the bank. The bank, nice. the bank man's like, "I don't have any money," and then Danny Glover comes in with a gun. He's like, "Here's all my money." But Danny and Mel have this little moment where they look at each other, and <laughs> I'm going to put this up on Instagram. Um, they play a touch of the Lethal Weapon music. Oh, uh, not the, the saxophone. They do it on a guitar. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I was going to say, like, they but can't like, do a saxophone because it wasn't, like, around back then. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but it's the highlight of the film uh, and that it should have just been more stupid little nods like that. It's <laughs> the best. Um, but, yeah, so he's a gambler. He wants to play all these card games and two-time people and just be dodgy and win and make uh, dirty Westerners angry, basically. Um have Bath was his dad, and they go after the same woman. Uh, it's not a great time. That seems to be a lot of things. That still seems to be a thing in the nineties too, like the dad and the son going after the same yeah girl. It's like started off, of course, in the Last Crusade. Of course, it like <laughs> it was like, oh, that's okay. I always put it in every movie. Now. Trendsetters. <laughs> I'm a trend shutter. Um, and he also <laughs> says "simmer down" at one point, which I found hilarious. Simmer down. Yeah. Simmer down. This is like nineteen forties. Desert, middle of nowhere. You know, hey, hey, guys. You know, uh, we, we, uh, I gotta, I might like bring that back. Simmer down. Bring that back. Simmer down. Yeah, I'm a fan. Mm. Um, can we leave um, Maverick now? I don't like it. <laughs> don't Let's like go into something else I disliked. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I uh, just want to do a, uh, Even Cowgirls Get the Blues is a very weird movie about a girl who's got like oversized thumbs who becomes like a drifter and then like she goes on a bunch of adventures. Uh, Gus Van Sant directed it. Um, I True don't artist. like it. I don't like it. <laughs> you trust us. <laughs> um, I didn't watch Three Ninjas Kick Back. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, you watched The Stand. I did. Um, you got through it. Um, I remember, like, I, I loved, um, at the time, a lot of the um, uh, Stephen King miniseries because uh, um, they were just, like, really shit, but, you know, a bit of good fun. I can't like, find I, a bad review about this, other than Letterboxd, obviously, where... All I could think, even during part one, we watched this over four nights, of course, because we're human beings. Um, I just kept thinking to myself, I can't believe we're going to watch this. I can't believe we're still watching it. And then I found a letterbox review that said, I can't believe I watched the whole thing. <laughs> but I had to finish it, and I don't know why, because it was fucking awful. Um, you know there's a new version too. I know, and I'm hoping it, yeah. it's better, but 
I did see some some reviews were like, oh, the first episode's pretty good and the rest is downhill. Um, no, it is all terrible. <laughs> it's like I disagree. <laughs> it's like no one knew the script, no one knew how to act, no one got any direction. Stephen King is in it way too long. There's too many awful cameos. John Landis is in it. The director is in it for too long. Doesn't have a line in it. Mick Garris? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gary Sinise is just wasted. He's actually reasonable, but the story... I mean, the plot's not bad. I get the plot. Um, Some of the makeup scenes are cool. Some of the death scenes, like, as they're just going through these abandoned cities, it's like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. Basically, whenever no one's talking or acting, this is all right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so if it's just scenery yeah um, but it's yeah. six hours of this flu taking over the world which you know is, is quite well timed like it it was yeah yeah to watch it nowadays like oh yeah i could see how this could go um but it does not need to be six hours and then having this angel and this demon and this terrible like billy ray cyrus bad guy that gets angry over everything, even though he's some powerful demon. Oh, man. Um, there's also... Uh, sorry, a bit of a delayed content warning. Um, there's a slight sexual abuse scene that's not great. It's very brief. Um, but then yeah, it's like uh, very yeah. much joked about afterwards. And like this woman's just horribly traumatized by what's happened. And he's making fun of her. And everyone's just kind of acting natural and then and then she's fine and then she's talking all fine and acting normal and jumps off a roof um so it's it's a weird thing stephen king always seems to like to have some sort of rape moment yeah and he also there's i mean i've um i believe in the uh the the it book there's like a an orgy scene that's like but, but involving like kids and it's like, it obviously didn't make it into any of the movies or something. It's like, it's, it's, it's like, uh, I think there's a bunch of stuff that he puts in his books that like, um, like, because there's a bunch of stuff he puts, they, they put in the movies and they get cut out. Maybe there's just a bunch of stuff that, put, that he puts in the books that the editor should cut out as well. Yeah. And just like, no, we don't need that, Stephen. No, it's fine. I, I don't know what his deal is. And like, obviously there's some stuff he's done that's good and it's critically acclaimed and, you know, he's not all garbage, but... If you churn out yeah. this many books and this many films, this many series, maybe stop. Like, maybe focus <laughs> on one thing at a time and make it good. Um, and don't churn out a million books that are just six hours long. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it was definitely the, the thing to do in the nineties of just like making these these mini series. I do. I think we got so we've we've gone, we've done the Tommy Knockers. We've done. Um, uh, done this one there's also Langoliers I think comes soon and they did a Shining um, series as well oh my god that is uh, something to behold my friend oh, there's something to behold um, so let's uh, move on to the last but definitely not least <laughs> The Crow came out in May 1994 people once believed that when someone dies a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes, just sometimes, the crow could bring that soul back to put the wrong things right.
gasolina, I swear. Victims, aren't we all? And I watched this the other night. And it could be like a mood that I was in, but man, I, I was, was dialed in. I was dialed in. I fucking love this movie. It was just what I needed, just what I wanted. It's not too heavy. Um, yeah, it's really it's not. Got... It's not as dark as you would think or you feel like it should be. Yeah, it's kind of like a. It, it, it's, I mean, I was, you can see, like, you know, Sin City got the vibe from this as well. And, like, you know, um, in, a, in a time where there was, like, hardly any superhero movies. This was like um, one to sort of behold. The soundtrack was obviously awesome, um, but man, it's uh, it is for me. Uh, if you want like a nostalgic slice of what the nineties were at this time, this movie had everything. <laughs> like it was like what they what the counterculture thought it was. Like when they go to that scene where the where the band's playing, and it's just like they're all like the lead singer's like this sort of. Um, steampunk sort of like leather thing but like the the, the guitarist and bassist were wearing these nice like flowy shirts <laughs> they kind of look like counting crows <laughs> and that was the thing like it was just like the lead singer was always like this 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 pinnacle then like the backing band literally looked like a backing band like they had no personality it was they could be interchangeable did, um, did you get batman vibes from this as well yeah i yeah, can't help definitely. but think tim I, burton was watching this going oh baby <laughs> um, so I really liked it what did you think? <laughs> why does that feel like a loaded question? <laughs> I didn't watch this growing up um, okay. I didn't watch this is probably the second or third time I've seen this I don't know if I'd ever seen any of it to be honest um, I knew all about Brandon Lee I knew all about the film um, I was very sad he obviously you know he was he was pretty good. I don't have anything bad to say about him, but this no. just did not find any of my buttons or touch any of my buttons or do anything to any of my buttons. Maybe um, your buttons are the thing that's wrong. Except, sorry, let me take that back. <laughs> the big art attacks that he kept doing. Oh, stop it! <laughs> stop it! <laughs> I don't like it. I'm a big fan <laughs> of the big art attack. Um, it's a little bit dramatic. I don't know if it entirely fit. Um, um but, you know. I I think okay, so if you've never seen The Crow, The Crow is about a um a a guy called Eric Draven. <laughs> Didn't he play for the Raptors? Um, yes. Uh him and his um him and his fiance a uh, are murdered by um a group of um like the worst uh thugs you can ever think of on um Halloween. Uh and then a year later uh the Eric Draven gets uh, resurrected um, by the crow and becomes a vigilante hunting down the people who uh, who killed him and um, his wife. Well, sorry, his fiance. Uh, th- okay, so this is, this, is, this is what I want to go through. It. So firstly, you've got these guys, these thugs that like kill him. Like the leader, um, T-Bird, fucking that guy terrified me because I think for some reason... And he's also the guy that he's in the Warriors. He's the one that goes Warriors. Isn't he in Commando as well? Isn't he Sully? Yeah, in Commando. Commando. I, you know what? I just watched Commando the other day, and yeah. I was like, oh, there he is again. <laughs> he is a he is he is a legit scary dude. Yeah, like he's and he. he I think it because he rem, he reminds me of 
people that I came across like while working retail, like just scary dudes that you sort of come in like, you know, out, out in the town. And I found the whole the whole crew like believable believably bad. Like, you know, those guys like when they're doing the scene where they're where they're swallowing bullets. Yeah. Um uh and then I found out that so have you heard about much about the production? No. Other than the okay. incident, obviously. Yeah, so the incident, so if you know the incident, um, uh, Brandon Lee died on set. Um, I always thought it was in the scene where he's running down the uh, the table towards the end when there's all these guys shooting shooting at him. Hmm. It, it's, it's actually when he um, he's about to murder Funboy. Like Fun, the guy who played Funboy is the one that killed him. Um, and he had no idea that there was, and apparently like it just ruined him for life as it would. And he, I think he got um, a civil suit from Brandon Lee's mother, um, filed against him but yeah it happens in that scene um but there's also a um apparently the entire production there was the amount of accidents and near deaths and horrible injuries that happened on this production it was like it was a cursed production basically yeah um there was widespread cocaine use on set like well, it's not widespread with your accidents is it which i'm thinking is probably like those guys those thugs like i reckon like a lot of them were probably high. Um, there was a really uh, funny anecdote that um, on set one day, Brandon Lee was doing a scene and someone sneezed and he just sort of said, huh, someone just lost $50, <laughs> which I found quite funny. <laughs> um, apparently it was just like, um, they, they the uh, Alex Proyas who um, directed it were pushed everyone to work at nights. Um, it was freezing. Apparently the, you know, those, um, the tracks that you put the cameras on to yep. like do um, tracking shots actually had to be chipped off. The ice had to be chipped off of it. Ooh. It was that cold. Um, people were just like getting sick. It was just, it was just not a pleasant place to be. And like, I remember saying that how Ernie Hudson, who plays the, um, the police officer in this, he went to, he wanted to go do escape from Absalom. Like, cause it was in Australia. And I can just imagine like, Imagine getting away from that shitty set and that shitty film, like the, this this shitty film that he's, he's on that like so many bad things happen and you get to go to Australia and just get away for a while. I can totally see now why he wanted to do that. Yeah, um, be warm. So, yeah. So, uh, so, but going back into the story, uh, I, oh, I I forgot, I forgot that Michael Wincott was the ba- was the big bad guy in this. Michael Wincott from uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I've seen him as a vampire somewhere, right? Uh, yeah, I, I like it. I really like him in there's a Eddie Murphy film called uh, Metro. He plays a bad guy in that, and it's, I, I always uh, that's where I always remember him from. Um, I feel I bad for him because that voice you can only ever be a bad guy. You're never going to be the love interest or the hero. Yeah, when you yeah, sound I like that, he sounds like this. But a man, I i think he's amazing i think anything he's a guy that like if i see him in a movie i'm like well he's gonna put us all into it and like in this one he like he's a real bad dude like him and the um the the his his little offsider um i think take people's eyes <laughs> like if this was if there was like m m rate m a rated or r rated cut of this movie it would be it would be full on because like she's obsessed with people's eyes and she takes people's eyes out um I really liked. Uh, we have um, John Polito plays the pawn shop guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, man! It, it, 
best uh, best little part of that movie is just like when um, Eric Draven um, uh, crashes into the pawn shop and like just completely trashes it. It's, it's amazing. Um, and John Polito dies in a very very gory fashion of getting like he gets he gets stabbed through the chest with a sword. And then Michael Wincott's like, oh, just die already, and starts shooting him. <laughs> it's just amazing. I don't know why you didn't like this. I, 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 can you tell me what what didn't you didn't like about this? Because I think that this is a, 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 anything. I can't see it as a movie or something that you would. As I couldn't see it as, as something that you don't like. I can see it as something as like you know, it's not high art, but it's a fun movie. Like there's not really a dull moment in this movie. It just it comes across very cheesy though it's not cliche but it's not original i don't it just he he was like more lighthearted than i th- remember him being i thought he was darker for longer but like he he comes off with the quips quite basically after he gets resurrected he starts like quipping like, <laughs> like and punning and all that stuff I'm like oh, okay this is lighthearted. that's that's probably part of it as well i had this expectation that it was a very dark film and everyone's like, you can't remake The Crow. It's 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 perfect. It's, you know, of its time, um, which they seem to just keep on doing. Uh, I cannot believe that has not been remade. Like, this is uh, ripe for remade. It came out this year. You, what? Won't, you won't know one? anyone that's in it, but they remade it uh, this year. And I think they're doing okay. another one with one of the Skarsgårds coming. I like a Skarsgård. Everyone, everyone likes the Skarsgård. But it's just... I I don't love visually dark films. Okay. And although, you know, I like Batman and I like Gotham and the Rain, to look at this film, it didn't do it. I did appreciate that it moves along quite quickly. There's not like one huge big bad boss. Like he goes in, he kills people, it's over. I mean, they, I yeah. guess there is kind of a big ending. But still, it's... It seems to flow along. It's all kept within his little universe. Those, but those, the the how he sort of gets gets rid of like each um each uh, person is pretty good. Like I also like, I always love the way he says "fun boy." <laughs> um, I see I see a different parallels with um Heath Ledger's Joker here too, um, which obviously also ends in oh, yeah. tragedy too. So it's just like, um, and I think. Uh, he did do a lot of like training and stuff to get him into the, I don't think there was like the same psychological sort of training to get him. Like, I, don't, I think it was more physical, but like, um, like the T-bird scene where he drives him off the bridge and explodes and, um, big empty by central pilots is playing in the background. It's fucking perfect. Yeah. Some, some weird song choice, not weird, but like surprising song choices in this. Yeah. The cures in there. Um, there's like, there's just like, it's a very dark, and I look, um, I actually read some Letterboxd reviews too, and they said uh, the th- only thing that annoys me about Crow is the people who um, got too deep about the Crow back in the 90s and were douchebags. Like, sort of like, uh, um, it, like p- people who, who idolized Ethan Hawke in yeah. Reality Bites. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's that sort of thing, you know, you, you'd have like a, a like after this, after this movie, you'd have like, at each party, you'd have like five or ten guys just dressed as the crow, and they're like all deep and like you know just douchebags and all that stuff. I can I can only imagine like the goth scene after this movie came out. But um, do you think? Um, shout out to Andy. The Sting from WCW felt very ripped off watching this. Wasn't he? Was it, was he already around, or is it? I'm pretty sure he was at this point. Okay, Andy, call in. Let us know. 
<laughs> I'm not going to look it up right so, now. So, I know. Look, I, did, I, I didn't I hate it. it. I didn't hate it. It's not the worst film um, and also, I've ever seen. No spoiler alert. This is my this is my film for May. So yeah. Um. So we'll get to, we'll get to yours at the end of the. the, the... Yeah. I'll, I'll think about it. Um. All right. So let's go on to TV. So in Australia, um, we had a couple of um. Uh, I mean, they're not huge ones, but like they were big in my life. Frontline was made by the guys behind Late Show, so Rob Stitch and um, uh, Mick Malloy wasn't in it. Tony Martin, I think, wrote for it but wasn't actually acting in it. Um, it just dealt with a the behind the scenes of a um, like an a current affair or 7.30 report um, at the ABC. I think, I don't know whether they actually ever named the network, but I, um, and just like the comings and goings. I found it really funny. Um, it's on Stan if you want to check it out. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it, it's something that my, me and my dad used to watch quite regularly. Like he was very, very keen on it, and um, we, it was one of the ones that I think we watched. It, like, I think it was on a Friday night. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Have you ever watched Frontline? Um, a little bit. I was uh, probably a bit too young for it. I was all about Full Frontal. Um, yeah, yeah. Frontline was. Oh, I think I was too young for the somewhat serious nature of it. Like it didn't. Oh, I think it's like it's definitely like in a. Um, yeah, that satire. A, it's, it's kind of like these get to me. It's kind of. Kind of like this, this these days with the utopia these, that they're doing. Like it's like it's funny, but it's like it's funnier if you've like ever been um, in that environment of like a open plan sort of office and and like working for government and lots of stuff. You it's know, I like, was obsessed yeah. with though back in May What's of nineteen ninety four. Amazing. Yes, let's oh. talk about amazing. Uh, this was one of the best uh, for kids trivia game shows that was ever made ever. Um, Fact you would. Answer a bunch of questions. Um, if you got them right, you get to go through this maze and find um, is it find keys? Yes. And then, uh, or oh, no, letters. So you'd find letters. Um, letters and keys was the key. Ah, oh, you found letters, and then that would get you keys. You trade them in. Yeah, yeah. And then um, you'd also have a. There was also some rounds where you just the the, the contestants got to play uh, Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> and whoever won the, I mean, that was just. That was just peak TV for me. <laughs> like, oh, you, imagine yourself as being one of the people playing Donkey Kong Country in order to get through a maze to find some some find some treasure. Like, what more could you want as a kid? Um, they'd have to go on to like if you got the question right or some questions right, you have to um, then spell out the answer on a keyboard, um, and then you'd have to work together. I don't like. I remember like. Maybe once in my lifetime watching it, there was an uh, there was a South Australian based school there. Like it was mostly filmed on the east coast, so I think it was yeah. mostly like um, Queensland and like um, New South Wales and Victoria. Um, that was a dream to yeah. be on that show. I wanted nothing more than to go through that maze. Just yeah, not even to be on the show, but just I just want to go through that maze constantly, just all day. Just leave me in there. And I'm sure the glass yeah. would have broken if you know it's a TV set. It's not as magical. And even but I was looking, uh, didn't they have a floor that was just all TV screens as well, and you had to like press on them? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Oh. Um, and the the every um and every I, I didn't realize this, but every season the maze changed. Oh. Um. So uh, the one because like I watched it with my um with my son uh, in the summer holidays. Like I was like, oh, you want to watch what you used to watch? And he was into it. He was like, I mean, which could wouldn't be. And then um, but yeah, like there's a few full episodes you can watch. The best thing about it. Well, not the best thing, but like one of the one of the perks about it, you also get some uh, primo nineteen ninety four ads. Ooh, uh, 
um, it's Sick, breaking a lot up of the cigarettes. segments. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they, I think they'd already banned it this time. Um, there's a lot of, um, uh, a lot of regional, like it's from most of them are from New South Wales. So there's like a lot of regional ads for like um, for fairs and carnivals that are going on at that time, which is really weird. Um, but then like you know, there's some sun-kissed ads, um, some um, Seven Up, and I think there's like. Maybe like a uh, there's a there's an old school Maccas one and all the Maccas characters are looking really really sketchy in it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, check it out on YouTube. You can ch- find full full episodes of amazing and it's and it's and it's literally amazing. I'm definitely um, gonna find some to put up. Yeah, oh, I love that show so much. So uh, going on, um, we've also got two segments obviously in our TV section that we do uh, each time. Uh, we've got the Law and Order minute uh, where I go through the events. Of the the OG Law and Order show um, from May 1994, and uh, try and see if I can get them all done in one minute. So let's do that. How, how many all episodes right. do we have this week? We've got three, Ooh. but we've also got it's a. You know, I kind of want to just. Um, it's a bit bittersweet because we're 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 gonna, we're gonna lose a cast member. I hope the uh, the cast member leaving is in the first episode, and you actually get to mention it. <laughs> Three, okay, cool. Two, go. Okay, so for the first episode, we got uh, one called Nurture, where um, a lady who believes a child is being mistreated at home kidnaps her and stores her in, his, in her house <laughs> and treats her as her own child. Um, spoiler alert. She doesn't get convicted for it. <laughs> Good episode. <laughs> um, the next one we've got is Doubles, um, where, which uh, it's a um, kind of a uh, Nancy Kerrigan, um, Tonya Harding sort of riff where a, um, a, a young tennis player is um, hit by a person and they work out, try to work out uh, who's gone. John Hurd from uh, Home Alone makes a, makes a guest appearance. Um, he's Kevin's dad in that. Um, and then the last episode is called Old Friends, and it 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 starts off as like a regular uh, sort of uh, traffic crime, but then it, the Russian mobs involved, people get murdered, and we say goodbye to Ben Stone, district attorney, and uh, we pave the way for the new one coming in next season. Uh, so yeah, we we salute you, Michael Moriarty. I can't believe you AKA made ben, it, aka Ben Stone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that I say I, I gave him a proper send-off. Um, we've also got the... Uh, um, ben goes through the guests that were on uh, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, because we're big Conan O'Brien fans here. Uh, we go, he tries to get them all done in one minute to the tune of We Didn't Start the Fire by our Lord and Saviour, Mr. William Joel. So, um, let me get my... And we call this one of the greatest segment names of all time. Which that I I'm keep forgetting. Sh- I'm sure Conan would love as well. Is we didn't guess the name. Yes. Oh, genius. You know what? Every time I'm about to say it, I'm gonna fuck it up. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I tend to just sort of like gloss over it. And it, I'm like, I wonder if he notices. And I'm like, yeah, he too. I always <laughs> notice. I mean, it's fair. It is hard. It doesn't roll off the tongue very well. Because I like if I said we didn't, we didn't name guess, the guest. ah, shit. <laughs> even if it's we didn't guess the name. Like that's mm. that's okay, but trying to get the T in for we didn't guessed guessed the name, the name yeah. Ah, English is hard. Yeah, it is. Uh, let's start this off. Uh, so we've got. Uh, are you ready to go? Uh, 
Yeah, why not? Is it a full month? I think it's pretty much a full month. Yeah, have I checked cool. any of the names? Probably our last one. No, I have not. Nope. Got some John Lucas armors in there. <laughs> I've got some names right. that are similar to other people's names that I'm trying not. I, I mean, I've already thought of them. I've ruined it now. I'm going to say the wrong name. Oh, yeah. The best one was Bob Dole, by the way. Bob, Bob Dole. Dole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Three, two, one, go. Joey, Lawrence, Shelley, Duval, Roy, Shada, Anchor. <laughs> Stop it. Excuse me? Yeah, he's going to start off with Joey Lawrence. Is uh, go. <laughs> uh, Anchor, Radakovich, Jacqueline Bissett, Matt Sillinger, David Hyde, Pierce, Pedro Amodova, John Goodman, Rob Lowe, Kim Cosmelany, Hutch, <laughs> friend Drescher, Alan Ginsberg, Mary Stewart, Masterson, Gay, Talis, George Wendt, Jack Fort's in red, Jared Riviera, Chris Noth, Andrew Shu, Dr. Joyce Brothers, Julia Sweeney, Michael Chickless, Jay Leno, Zelda Harris, Caleb Card, oh. James Coburn, John Gross. Melendez, Farrah Fawcett, Ed Asner, Mike Lapika, Alan Shepard, <laughs> Thomas Calabro, <laughs> Ann Miller, Gilbert Godfrey, James Farr, Penny Marshall, Gabby Hoffman. Oh, that was it. Damn it! Fifty-eight <laughs> seconds. I even made, I even made you stop, and it's, you still did it. I was about to go. It jumped from May twenty-seventh to June seventh. I was like, "Bill, oh no, not Bill, no Bill, sorry." <clears throat> um, Jay Leno's in there. He looks gross. No, I don't know why that guy was in red. What's up with Jack Ford? Oh, he doesn't have a page. That's why. Um, <laughs> who was it? Uh, Roy Scheider. I wanted to say oh, yeah. Rob Schneider. <laughs> that happens all the time too. Can you imagine too? Like when Roy oh. Schneider died, there's like there's probably one newspaper that said Rob Schneider. Died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the guy from Jaws. Yeah, and that's and the other guy's making copies. <laughs> <laughs> he went to Rutgers University. Oh, good on him. Ah, oh, that was that was a bad one. One of these days, right, I'm so gonna now... pre-read the guests. Nah, don't do that. So uh, before we get, oh, um, we've got uh, our last couple of episodes of Saturday Night Live for 1994 was John Goodman um, with The Pretenders and Heather Locklear with Janet Jackson. Uh, um, I think John Goodman, he he's done like the SNL about seven or eight times now. I think he's um, one of the one of the most regular guests that they've had. Uh, as as for the go. the Conan O'Brien musical guests, yes, I. I know the Smithereens because I think they've been on a playlist recently. Indigo Girls. Yep. I do not know any of these people. Brian McCann, <laughs> Sam. I know Sam Phillips. Let's go into music. So um, the RA charts, um, Ace of Base was still um, poisoning the minds of everyone with their right wing um, <laughs> ideations in the sign. Um, <laughs> uh, Billboard charts and uh, and the RA charts. Uh, and then in uh, Billboard, we had, I swear. Banger. Um, in Australia, and this is one of the very f- few cases where there was like a number one for just like a couple of weeks. And it was... There's The Most Beautiful Girl in the World by Prince. Australians love Prince. I didn't we know that was a Prince the... song. Yeah, he put that up. I think it might be a cover. Um, is that a Peter Andre cover? <laughs> yes. 
Um, but we we put Prince up in the charts a lot more than other countries, even his own like America. We put him up in the charts a lot more than um, than others. So, so that was our uh, that was our number ones for the month. Um, going through some of the um, releases, we had Sunny Day Real Estate, uh, Sonic Youth, The Pretenders. G Love and the Special Sauce. I just, G Love and the Special Sauce. I just had to say that was an amazing name for a band. Indigo Girls, Weezer, Ongo Bongo, Violet Femmes, Seal, Baby. Um, we had Frank Black, David Byrne, Toad the Wet Sprocket, Beastie Boys, uh, Strung Out, and Smudge came out with um, releases. Uh, what did you? I this is okay. I know this is not like a great sound, um, playlist of songs, but like I found this one. I didn't skip a lot of these ones. Like there was like, the only thing I skipped was um, the Immortals playing the Mortal Kombat theme. Ah, <laughs> uh, no way! I was about to say, why did you not mention that? That was one of the best songs on here. I imagine as a kid in 1994, this is all that was played if you went to a nightclub or a rave. I feel like I'm having a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. Let's um, so yeah, uh, like there's a lot to go through. Um, there's one that I know that we're both going to sort of want to ch- chat about a bit. So let's um, let's say that to the end. But um, am I in trouble for not listening to Strung Out at all? No, it's and this is speaking to one particular uh, uh, listener that I know that we have, Graham. I'm st- I'm sorry, but Strung Out still suck. <laughs> 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 they're a fat records fan it's been a long running joke between me and him for a while um i just i i try i try so hard to like them um i like lag wagon give me give me a break um graham i think laura's probably on your side i'm sure she liked it and yeah. probably went and saw them last time they came and would probably go again i mean let's talk about this oh man Um, that's sabotage by the Beast Boys. Um, a- along with like, I know not everyone's Beast Boy fan. Just like um, no one's like not everyone's a Nick Cave fan, but like that along with like the songs like Red Right Hand, I, that's like quintessential '90s for me. Like it's, if you play that song, it's like it takes me back to watching the film clip on Rage and like you know hearing it on the radio quite regularly. Um, sabotage is just uh, it's it's and like, I know like for Beast Boys fans too, it's usually like the song they don't they probably dislike the most because <laughs> it's not it's not like a it's their better man yeah um but they've also got this one on the album which um my boys were big fan, big fans of that sure shot um i love this album I, uh, this one really gave um the a couple of other albums on this uh this list to run for its money like ill communication is excellent it's it's, it's maybe my favorite beast boys album um, oh it's ill communication i thought it was three communication okay <laughs> who when they were vending the english language decided a capital i would look the same as a lowercase l i think it's more the font that i'm that i'm using on my no it's, just, it's the same <laughs> on spotify i saw it was oh, like okay. huh three communication okay <laughs> Do you were you a big fan of um, uh, Beast Boys? I or? was I was never much of a Beastie Boy fan. I'm probably still not. Um, growing up, anything rap was just considered not music in my brain. 
I was a silly young man, ill-influenced. Um, and it took me a long time to actually not discover them because I still probably haven't, but actually appreciate how good they are. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I think Costanza covered Sabotage I was like, fuck, this is incredible. Uh, the they they regularly come out like I think they've had like a release every at least every couple of years if not every year and like um my boys are I think they're turning into like uh <laughs> little b boys because they're like they, they're, every time beast beast boys come on or like rap comes on they're they're quite into it I think it's that beat that they like um so that was like that was their we were we were doing some errands yesterday and I had the playlist on in the car and that was their their choice for best not uh, just beat wise though but like musically. Not just Beastie Boys, oh, yeah. but generally rap music is a lot more melodical and, you know, there's good instrumental part, instrumental parts. They also throughout. like the fact that they swore, that they swore on it, so... so. Oh, yeah, so that <laughs> just makes it cool. Um, I'm sure you 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 love your, your boy, Frank Black. Um, Not really. Saying? Not really? Okay. No. Um, I didn't mind Headache, and I wouldn't mind um, The Vanishing Spires, but, like, I was like, I don't know. I hadn't it's like some, given this one yeah. a lot, so I was all over yeah. his self-titled, like, his first one... I would play endlessly. This one, yeah, uh, I didn't hit the same as the first one. I don't, I you know don't what? know why. Do you know what? Do you know what? Hit, do you know what hits hits real good. Indigo Girls. Oh. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes pop music is just amazing. I can't imagine the feeling of being in the studio, not not recording it, but like putting that all together and adding all those layers to it and going, fuck yeah. Yeah. The, like, it's just, Seal's just like going, more of me, more of me, more of me. And another, and another. And, and more of me. I wonder if they did get to a point where it's like, okay, let's scale it back a little bit. We've gone, you know. No! Like more seal. <laughs> I used to do this a lot in school. I used to like drawing and like painting and stuff. And yeah. I'd be doing something I was like really, really, really liked it, and I just keep on going because it was so good and I was having such a good time. Oh, now it's ruined. You went too far. <laughs> but Kiss from a Rose, they did not do that. Kiss from a Rose just nailed it in every single aspect. This, along with Sabotage, would be mm. in. I don't know. I mean, there's so many songs. Top 100 greatest songs of all time, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, we had Indigo Girls. That was nice. That was nice to listen to. Um, I was, I was actually more. You know what? I really like the Pretenders. They're I like that one song. Like, Night in my veins. No, I'll stand by you. Okay, I, I, I actually listened to the, the whole album, and it's. Um, I haven't listened to a lot of Pretender stuff, but it's made me want to listen to more. Um, yeah, I was really, really into that. Um, did like part, I mean, even Bull and the Heather, I wasn't that great of a fan of with Sonic Youth. I, I can't, I just, I'm not a Sonic Youth fan. I think I'm just coming to the, with the conclusion that I just, I just don't dig their stuff. Same. I, I tried it again. Um, and it's just, there's moments, there's little moments here and there, like yeah. a song or like it's part like, of a song, but ugh. it's like pavement. It's, it's like they, 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 they go out of their way to not be too um, agreeable <laughs> to listen to for a long period of time. It's like, let's put some like uh, noise and distortion on there because that's sounding too clean. And it's like, at what point are you doing it just to sort of like fuck with people or like, is it, is it actually part of the artistic process? Um, speaking of 
uh, agreeable. I just want to point out, I didn't delve too much into Pretenders because I don't like Chrissy Hind anymore. A few years ago, she said, if a woman is going to dress provocatively, um, it's your fault if you get raped, essentially. Oh. Um, well, maybe, just, maybe I won't look into the pretenders. Just setting back her gender a hundred years because that's what you do as a woman. Oh, okay, thank you for that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't look into them. So, yeah. yes, um, I'll stand by you. Came on, I was like, "Fuck, this is a good song," and I went to go listen to more. I was like, "No, Chrissy Hind, you're a dickhead. Go away." Did you like Sunny Day Real Estate? Because that's got uh, a couple of your foo, your foo boys in there. I love this album. I really, yeah, it's very mopey. <laughs> It's. It is. I mean, yeah. I have been. I have. I have heard it be called like the earliest emo release, and it's not a nay and will thing because obviously, like the rhythm yeah. section makes up a lot of the sound. But so that was Bob. How much does that sound like Bob Mould? I think. So you go, go on. Like you're, I got caught in the middle, but I like the front. Like I really like the front cover too. By the way, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They just they're not overly catchy, um, but no. they've got that sound that a lot of bands like Jimmy Eat World coming through soon. Yeah. Um, I, I think just, it was, I just I like think it. the the pace for me was a bit like I, I like that song there in circles. I love the start, and I, I expected it to be fast, and it, then it's like that. Dun, 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 and it's like this, like like slow pace, and I found like a lot of that was a bit of a slog to get through. But like, also, I'm I, like, you know, it's that's on me for expecting something and then then not delivering. Like, it's not their fault. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, you should you should change the production of your songs to fit my um my understanding. Um, but yeah, like I didn't like I didn't mind it. Um, I'd never heard him before. Like, it was one of those ones I've always sort of wanted to listen to, but like, just never got in the mood. And then I knew that Nate from Foo Fighters was in it, and um, yeah, so it was. I I, I look forward because I know they've got a couple more albums um, before they break up, and then there's like controversy with that too. But um, I think there was a brief reform for some is possibly. Yeah, but I think there was like there was um, yeah, there was like something between the the Foo Fighters camp and the the Sunny Day Real Estate camp. Something's going on. Um. The Wild Femmes I didn't um, really like. Um, Oingo yeah. Boingo was not bad. I, I didn't mind them. Like, um, like it's it's very much different from their their eighties outputs. Very less disco-y and and um, sort of elf money. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I've liked. I really liked uh, Deborah Byrne. Like it was. I mean, like I, okay. I I've, I found it nice to listen to. Like there was no standout sort of tracks, but it was actually quite. But like his last one was like a bit of a slog. The the forest. I enjoyed the forest. <laughs> I know you enjoyed the forest, and I enjoyed this. I it's like it's just it's a nice feel to it. it. Just it's soft and it's cruisy and it's. I think now more than ever since like listening to more Talking Heads and also like watching that um the American Utopia um, doco, I think anything that he puts out, I'll always give it a chance to and and probably be favourable with it because he's uh, his, his voice now I'm I'm into like I can sort of follow him. Along where he's where he's going, um, I want to make it really like I really liked the um, the songs on um, <laughs> Toad the Wet Sprocket. It's just their fucking name is so stupid, <laughs> and I'm like I'm like I'm listening to it. I'm like this is this I would be into this band so much. Um, like the album's called Dulc- Dulcina, Dulc- Dulcinea. Um, but it's like they're 
change your name. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's. it's I thought you like, put this it's, on it's, there it's for like fun a... at first because I know when you originally found it, it was just, look at this bad, okay. stupid name. But yeah, the songs are forget, good. Forget the name Toad the Wet Sprocket and just like listen to, like, you know. Pretty good. It reminds me of um, a lot of gin blossoms. Yeah. This could have been on the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. Oh, man. You... <laughs> All this stuff could be the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. Um, maybe it is the gin blossoms, and there was like, this is the stuff we couldn't release as gin blossoms, so we'll just like put it under Toe the Wet Sprocket. And make sure no one listens um... to it. <laughs> um, let's, uh, but I think there's one that we're that we're all sort of um, uh, aiming towards, and that's the Blue Album by Weezer, um, a landmark uh, record for me in um, the '90s and forevermore. It's probably one of my favorite albums of all time of anyone ever. Um, it's not. I mean, okay, it, it is probably my favorite Weezer release. I really like Pinkerton. I love Pinkerton. Um, but if I was ever going to say, like, you know what's your definitive Weezer release? It's, it's got to be the Blue Album. Um, every song in this album is amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, what's your history with, with the Blue Album? I, I don't have a long history of it. Um, I was, I'll be a bit of a square and say so I was quite excited to find an original pressing of the vinyl a few years ago. Oh, nice. nice. And not crazy expensive either, which is weird. Okay, cool. 94 album. Um, but yeah, I came to them probably a bit later on uh so i was in primary school obviously when this came out high school it was still going around um like 2000 yeah. sweater song jonas all that sort of stuff buddy holly like it was a big deal but it was just yeah those hits and then years and years later probably 10 15 years ago when i actually listened to this album I was like every single song on this yeah is I was even going to I was, I was going to message you and say like let's do a top three or something like that, but I'm like I don't know like it's it's kind of all bangers like um I was, I to, I, if if I had to choose one song in this album that I identify with it would be the in the garage like I really love that yeah. song I, I can always listen to that really have liked to I've started like holiday a lot more um they did they they actually took um barbershop quartet lessons for this um before this so like oh, yeah. they they got in perfect perfect harmony and you can tell in songs like holiday in that bit they got that like they actually are doing harmonies and their um their backups are great and but then i also like i also love it when it's not great because there's a bit in undone where they they lose their um voice um just towards the end of the song they're doing like a, a really long like ah, and then they and one of them goes ah, and yeah. it's, and they keep it in there and I fucking love that yeah it's excellent um, Buddy Holly was oh, Buddy Holly was obviously one of the the biggest things um, if you if you bought Microsoft Windows around that time you got the uh, um, film film clip uh, filmed like uh, on the set of uh, Happy Days and with inter intercutting uh, scenes from Happy Days into the into the footage, um, which is just amazing. Um, and it's like, you know, not only did they come on the scene, they had this awesome album, they also seemed like fun in a, com in a complete sort of like time where like alternative music was very dark and very sort of, and obviously just, you know, Kurt just passed. Um, this was a new alternative band. They weren't punk and they weren't grunge, but they're kind of maybe a little bit in the middle and they seemed fun. They're, they're, this is like a good time. And, yeah. and having that, such a soft voice at times with like the guitars are really really heavy but it never actually feels heavy 
Like yeah, it can yeah. be super distorted, but the I guess the levels of it, um, how they piece it all together, it never feels like it's rock music. Like it doesn't no feel no. full on. And there's deep there's deepness there too. Like I mean, I you can't listen to lyrics of Say It Ain't So and, and not feel like you know a bit of pang of like you know there's there's some real emotion coming through there like he's he's very good at his wordplay um i think it kind of got a little bit left behind as as they went went along mm. i think like the first two albums he had amazing lyrics um but yeah uh there's just not a song in here that i wouldn't like say is just the only one I'm, i've never been sure about was no one else I don't know if that there is a bit, yeah. Like there's a there's a couple of lines in that where he basically is just saying like, while he's not around, his girlfriend can't go out. But I don't know is that um, his perspective or is that how he's seeing the world and that's how he's seeing other guys. I'm hoping yeah. that I'm hoping that's a commentary on society. And then like you know we'll get into Pinkerton where like you know the first line of El Scorcho is mm. not great. <laughs> um, uh, and like I have heard like sort of rumblings that like you know he's you know, not not a bad guy but I think there's like yeah a lot of people have issues and like want to sort of take him to task for certain lines but then you know um, what do you do so yeah um, I will say that um, on the surface of everything else and I think just at the time like I think um, I still got my CD that I bought in the 90s um, it's it's battered I, I bought and it's, it just it stands to reason because like I took the CD everywhere if I was going to like a party or like if I was saying it to work and like you know I always wanted to have it as an option because it may it it heightens my mood this album is just amazing um, Let, let's let's do a top three let's just do it go on okay what's your number three uh, I would I would say In the Garage no, no. In the grass, we would be my number one. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'll, yeah, yeah. And then I'd go. Um, my name is Jonas. I, one of the best openings to an album ever. It just makes me think of Guitar Hero. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a great song, but I just see Guitar Hero when I hear it. And um, after that, I'd say like, um, you know, you, you, you're then tossing up between the three singles like um, Say It Ain't So Undone, the Sweater Song, and um, Buddy Holly. I would probably go for Buddy Holly in the fact that like it was actually, we played it at our wedding um, when we entered the, um, like our, uh, when we entered the... Um, was, you had a very Weezery wedding. Huh. We did have a Weezery weas- wedding, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when we entered the, um, like the party afterwards, that was to Buddy Holly. Um, me and my wife, um, big fans of that song, so I, I would be... Uh, it'll be, we, it needs to be in the top three somewhere so yeah it'll, it'll be there um, so yeah mine would be In the Garage My Name is Jonas and uh, Buddy Holly what about yours? Uh, very very different uh, I would start probably The World Has Turned and Left Me Here at number three nice I'm obsessed with that song I don't know why it's, just, it's very soft and sad that song and... It's, it sounds like um, uh, it's a it, it's an, an acoustic guitar that's got a distortion pearl on it yeah like that sort of that tone is just amazing yeah um, different again, uh, only in dreams. Ooh, again, just like another sad, soft, like just nicely put together. It's a nice bass, bass line play. And then complete opposite end. Again, I only discovered this song in covering it in a band and say it ain't so yep. is I have never, ever grown tired of that song. I'd still listen to it on the way to like soccer just to like wake me up mm. and get me going. It's, yeah. it's unreal. May I uh, recommend to you and like, you know, um, there's a band called Japanese Breakfast who recently did 
a cover of Saved Isn't So, um, it's using only cellos and a Ooh. violin, and it's really, really good. <laughs> okay. It's really, really good. Um, uh, that's, yeah, I've looked, I, I can't complain with any top threes that come out of this, this album. Like, they're all going to be perfect, so it's, it's fine. So um, suffice to say, my favourite album of the, uh, of the um, month was, is the Blue Album by, the we- by, by, the Weezer, by Weezer. Um, and also my favourite film was The Crow. Uh, what about you? I mean, it has to be Weezer, but Diary by Sunny Day Real Estate is is really, really close. Well, I mean, it's not super close because the Blue Album, yeah. every song's just ill. Ill communication was like was was coming up, um, and more so on the basis that like, I hadn't listened to the whole album for a while. Um, could some of that stuff could sneak into like end of year lists? I think, but yeah, yeah, I think Diary is um, Sunny Day is is on a list at the moment. Whether it stays there, I don't know. Um, yep. but very very harsh to be overshadowed by something just so incredible um, but yeah, yeah definitely yep. Weezer um, it's it's obviously not the stand <laughs> can't be Maverick it's never going to be the Flintstones I wish it could be the Devil's Mistress <laughs> um, uh, it's tough because I haven't seen Beverly Hills Cop for at least a year now if you think Beverly Hills got three over the crow, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> I feel like I can't... It's hard to say the crow because it's not like my standout favourite of the month. It's the one yeah, yeah. I... I didn't dislike it. Yep. But I didn't particularly like it. Yep. <sighs> but... Go on, make it Beverly Hills Cop three. Then it's fine. Yeah, I feel like it would be because that just, I, I wasn't bored during that, and Judge Reinhold is is so funny. There is a there is a uh, noticeable um, uh, no George Lucas cameo in the Crow, so I can understand how you want to go. Yeah, that that's way, true. So. Um, if I can just swap out a film and just say Amazing was my favorite. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so that is May 1994 uh, is, is number one for the books. Um, so uh, if you want to get in contact with us, it's livingthepastpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also check out our Instagram. We also have another podcast that is starting up very, very soon called Do You Think I'm Spooky? You can uh, check that out. Um, subscribe to that so you don't miss when our new season two starts in a few weeks. Um, subscribe to this podcast too, please. That'll be amazing. And if you want to leave a review, that also helps us uh, grow the show. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, if you um, yeah, if you want to send us fun. any corn puffs or Audi plant-based nuggets, um, don't send me hate you mail. Audi, Audi on the crow. You want me um, Audi plant-based nuggets sent through the mail and you still eat them? Uh, yeah, it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for your support. Like, yeah, we 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 are, are continuously blown away by the numbers, and you know, let's let. let most of you seem to like what we're doing. So, and hello to Virginia. You. Hey, Virginia, and I see you, North Carolina. I see you, North Carolina. <laughs> uh, I'll see you, um, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Thank you once again for listening to Living in the Past. Got some awesome people to thank at the end of the show here. Andrew Golding does our music for us. You can check out his stuff at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. Rebecca Sheedy, she does our artwork. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at Mild Scribbling. 
send us an email at livingthepastpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. You can check out letterbox.com following PD Lumsden and check out the movies that we've been talking about this season. You can check out the music we've been talking about on the podcast by going to Spotify and searching Living in the Past podcast and then the month that you want to check out. Want to help us grow the show? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or tell your neighbour, tell your friend, tell your mother. It all helps. And until next time, as we always say, sit back, look back and relax. Thanks.